Let me call you sweetheart I'm in love with you Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a very special edition of USA Wealth Group's Money Wise Radio Show with the sweetest man around, Ray Lance. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far, Phil, but good Sunday morning. Happy Valentine's Day weekend, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk a lot about Valentine's Day today. We're going to talk about some financial things that somebody can do to protect their sweetheart. Well, that's sweet. Uh, right? All of them. However <laughs> many sweethearts you have in your life. <laughs> but uh, good Sunday morning. Welcome Sunday to morning. another edition of Money Wise. Thank you, Phil. Thank you for the kind introduction. It's a pleasure. Uh, I'm not sure that other people would characterize me the way that you do, but um, who knows. Uh, in any event, we, we are going to talk about the history of Valentine's Day, some really oh. important facts and fun facts. I bet you that most people don't have a clue about the history of St. Valentine's Day and how it began. And it's both a pagan ritual and a Christian celebration and a Roman celebration and many, many things. Anything to get us off the Greek philosophers. Well, speaking of that, Phil, (laughs) I think even in Socrates' time, he was thinking about maybe Valentine's Day, but he said... By all means, marry. If you get a good wife, you'll be happy. If you get a bad one, you'll become a philosopher. <laughs> I think that was the predecessor for St. Valentine's Day, perhaps. That's funny. But, um, you know, even uh, Henry David Thoreau, famous philosopher and writer in our early centuries in this country, said, there is no remedy for love but to love more. So that's what we're going to do today. We're not going to give you... Uh, any of Phil's radio hugs, but we're going to give you lots of love today. (laughs) And we're going to give you some ideas about things that you ought to do if you are married, married a long time, recently married, or if you're about to get married. Mm -hmm. Because the number one source of conflict in a marriage is money and finances. Sure. So we have a lot of things to tell you about that. But first of all... um, Speaking of money and marriage and so forth, the other famous Greek philosopher, uh, Anonymous, said, anyone who marries for money earns every cent of it. (laughs) So more about that. But let's talk about the history of St. Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. And there are several versions of the history of St. Valentine's Day, but Valentine's Day as we know it today does contain both Christian and ancient Roman tradition. Uh, pieces to it. And by the way, did you know that approximately 150 million Valentine's Day cards are exchanged annually in this country? No. And that's the second most popular card-sending holiday after Christmas. Wow. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the history. Uh, The the origin of St. Valentine's Day and Valentine's Day uh, is not necessarily about love. It's not necessarily about romance. But there's a... um, a priest in Dublin, Ireland, who says the real story of St. Valentine's Day begins with this man that became an actual Roman Catholic saint. He was a Roman priest, and at the time that he was a Roman priest, there was an emperor, Roman emperor, who controlled the country, who persecuted the church at that time. Uh, And this Roman emperor, uh, Claudius was his name, 
passed an edict that prohibited the marriage between young people. And the reason was because he felt that unmarried soldiers fought better than married soldiers because the married soldiers might be afraid of what was going to happen to them or their family Mm. if they died in battle. Interesting. So the Roman emperor Claudius prohibited marriage, and yet at the same time, it was a time when it was a very permissive society, and polygamy was probably very popular at that time when people had uh, more than one relationship. Sort of sounds like today in some ways, doesn't it? When yeah, you think right. about it, unfortunately, <laughs> especially with uh, politicians. But yet at that time, even at that time, some people were certainly attracted to the early Christian faith. But the church thought that marriage was a sacred ritual between uh, a man and a woman during their life, and it should be encouraged. And so this presented a real problem and a real conflict for the Catholic Church. At that time, or the Roman Church, as it was known, at that time they felt that marriage was important, and yet here's Emperor Claudius who basically banned marriage and said, no, this should not be marriage. So this uh, priest with the name of Valentine, was practicing religion. He was practicing marriage. He was conducting marriages in secret. And eventually he was caught and he was imprisoned and he was tortured for performing marriage ceremonies against the command of Emperor Claudius II. So one of the men who was about to judge him um, at the time was a man called Asterius, and his daughter was blind, and he was supposedly had uh, prayed St. Valentine's, or Valentine as he was known at that time, prayed with the blind daughter and supposedly healed the young girl with such astonishing effect that Asterius himself, the father of the blind girl, became a Christian as a result of it. So approximately in the year 269 A.D., Anno Domini, Valentine was sentenced to a three-part execution. We think about some of the torture things that are going on today. And it was both to be beaten, and then to be stoned, and then finally to be decapitated. Wow. All because of his stand for Christian marriage. Hmm. So the story that goes is that the last words that he gave were to uh, the formerly blind young lady, and he signed it, from your Valentine. And so that's one of the histories of St. Valentine. And Valentine later did become a saint, and he's been known since as the patron saint of lovers Mm -hmm. because he performed these uh, marriages that he wasn't supposed to. So I guess if uh, Valentine were alive today, he would probably say to any married couples that there comes a time when you're going to have to suffer. (laughs) And that's a part of marriage. It's part of life. It's part of marriage sometimes. In any event, uh, that's one history. It's kind of an important history. And I guess the Catholic Church actually represents, or recognizes rather, three different saints named Valentine or Valentinus, and all of whom had been martyred. But in any event, the real history and the real heritage is that marriages were originally performed at that time in secret. And for that important act, Valentine was uh, executed, tortured and executed. Hmm. And since then, he's become a sympathetic um, character, obviously. But there's another origin of Valentine's Day, and that's one of the reasons that it's celebrated in February. Uh, There used to be a pagan celebration of something called 
Lupercalia, which was celebrated on the Ides of February, which is February 15th. Mm -hmm. And it was a fertility festival, and it was dedicated to a Roman god called Faunus, who is the Roman god of agriculture. So if you think about the symbolism of a pagan ritual celebrating fertility, I guess that also applies to Valentine's Day for some people. But uh, I won't go into all the detail of that because it's fairly lengthy, but there were there were celebrations for the crop and, and for the agriculture, and there were sacrifices. And part of their celebration was that all the young ladies' names were placed in some kind of a bowl, a big urn, and the bachelors would each get to choose a name, and then for the next year they would be paired together with the chosen woman. And then some of those mar- some of those relationships ended up in marriage. So... Again, that sounds kind of like today, doesn't it? When a you think lot. About it. There's a lot <laughs> people of people living together. People living together before they get married. But in any event, it is recognized as a day of romance, a day of celebration. Uh, by the middle of the 18th century in this country and around the world, it was very common for friends and lovers of every social class to exchange small tokens of affection, mm-hmm. uh, handwritten notes, and then later printed cards. And Americans probably began exchanging these handmade valentines in the early 1700s. But today, around the world, it's estimated that there's over a billion valentine cards exchanged. And by the way, did you know that women purchase approximately 85% of all Valentine's Day? No, Valentine's cards? Mm-hmm. So that's a serious thing for men because oh, yeah. if, um, if you don't buy a Valentine's Day card, uh, men, gentlemen. Um, there's also a little crazy known fact about Valentine's Day that 53% of all women in America would dump their boyfriends if they did not get them anything for Valentine's Day. It's too late now. It was last night. So I know. Well, it's not too late because it's Valentine's Day weekend. Well, that's true. Hopefully, those of you listening are still on a pink cloud from last night. Well... <laughs> Um, we won't go there. And, of course, we are going to be talking about same-sex couples as well. And they also celebrate Valentine's Day. But let's talk about the financial side of Valentine's Day and why is it so important. And how am I going to relate this to what's important in your family, in your situation? First of all, we're going to say that think of Valentine's Day as a time to put your own financial house in order. You know, um, one of the things that's most important in a relationship of any kind, uh, same sex, opposite sex, traditional, married, unmarried, is financial security. And it's amazing how many things that people ought to do that they don't do. So here's one of our first tips. In a relationship between two people, are they truly equal partners when it comes to handling the finances? And I know... Uh, people who are fairly close to me, for example, where one person can't handle finances and money just goes right through the big hole that's in their pocket. And so in that particular marriage, and it is a marriage, the wife handles all the finances, pays all the bills, and the husband gets a weekly allowance. Yes, dear. We'll call it a stipend, but it's really an allowance. (laughs) But it works. Because that money that goes in his pocket, he can do whatever he wants to that week, but he doesn't touch anything else. 
as long as we're talking about romance and yes. Valentine's Day. Of course. Uh, actually, this month is our anniversary month. And when we were married at the end of the ceremony, the priest turns to the congregation, takes my hand and Celeste's hand, places mine on top of hers and says, Ladies and gentlemen, I present Mr. and Mrs. Phil Paleologus. This will be the only time he has the upper hand <laughs> in this marriage. Oh, that's wonderful. And it's true. <laughs> it was true. He was a wise priest. 36 years ago. <laughs> well, you know, that should be part of every marriage ceremony, <laughs> yes, I think. Yes, dear. <laughs> right away, dear. <laughs> well, you know... Um, when did you first start dating? What was your first date with Celeste? Do you remember your first date? Uh, vaguely. <laughs> vaguely? All right. Well, we won't go there. I'll tell you, I'll tell you about my first date with okay. uh, Tenny. I think yeah. we were probably both around 15 or 16 at the time, oh, be my. believe it or not. And we went to see a movie together with another couple because I couldn't drive and she couldn't drive. And the other couple were a little older and they drove. We saw the movie Psycho. <laughs> How romantic. It was very romantic. You know, I got a bag of popcorn, and halfway through the movie, I got popcorn stuck in my throat, and I started choking and coughing and choking, and I couldn't talk. <laughs> and Tenny asked me if I was all right, which, of course, I wasn't. I couldn't even respond. But, but, but you, you shook your head. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But how embarrassing for your first uh, time when you're dating somebody oh to choke on your popcorn watching Psycho. Oh, my God, that is funny. You know, as I think about it, the relationship has all been pretty much about Psycho ever since. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't really say that, did I? Well, let's talk about some things that people really ought to do, and there's lots of good information. And if somebody would like this material printed, we'd be happy to provide a copy because you ought to put it right up on your refrigerator. So here's a, an article that was in the Boston Globe fairly recently, only about a week ago, talking about some rules for financial engagement. And it talks, tells a story about a New Hampshire couple married for 29 years, and they finally decided to work on their finances together. And they created something, or they participated in something called a 21-day fast. There's an author, Michelle Singletary, who has written a book called The 21-Day Fast. And there's an article, a chapter in there called Marrying Your Money. Um, everybody needs to have some rules about money. Um, I'm going to come back in a minute and talk about a prenuptial agreement. But 69% of everyone in a recent survey said that they avoid talking about money. They don't talk about it to prevent a dispute. And here's what this one couple did instead. They created a set of rules for themselves, which they have typed and put on the refrigerator. And rule number one is agree that neither of you can make a purchase above $75 without consulting the other. Rule number two is agree that there will be no secret bank accounts, no earnings that are not disclosed, no undisclosed loans, no secret credit cards. Um, Citibank did a survey not long ago and said that uh, 24 percent of the people in a relationship said that they have an account that they did not reveal to their significant other and that's a big mistake another quarter of the respondents in that survey said that they would never share certain financial information such as their account balances or how much money they spend 
Well, the problem is that if you don't share all this information, there will be conflicts in the relationship. So rule number three is if you're thinking about doing a major purchase of any kind, it has to take two yeses. You can't have one person just go out or you can't have a disagreement and have one person say, I'm going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. You have to have two yeses to make a financial, major financial decision together. Rule number four, join all your finances together so that you don't have separate accounts. You have a joint account. Rule number five, have a budget. How many times have we talked about having a budget? And the budget is going to be adhered to strictly unless there's an emergency. Rule number six, every single month sit down and review the budget. If you sit down and take the time to talk about it, you're going to know exactly where your money is going. Rule number seven, if your personal money, let's say it's $75 a month or in somebody I know it's $50 per week, if that money has already been spent, there's not going to be any arguing, pouting, name-calling, or fighting that you need more money. That's the rule that you've set. You've got to live with that rule. Number eight, uh, personal money doesn't have to be spent in the same month, and you can carry it over for a a future month. In other words, you can save some of it. And you can't borrow against future months' money because that defeats the purpose of the rule. Rule number nine, um, have a car fund. uh, Establish a car fund, and some money is going to go into that fund every single pay period to be reviewed every three months. So if there's a car repair that has to be done, it's a little bit like budgeting. And rule number 10, have some mad money. Maybe it's $200 each that will be uh, taken out of a paycheck or a bonus and set it aside, and that's going to go towards long-term savings, maybe towards Christmas. So whether these are your 10 rules or somebody else's 10 rules, Think about having simply written rules that you can put where you can look at constantly and then abide by these rules. Um, I actually wrote down number 11, 12, and 13. Mm -hmm. Um, Plan for a rainy day. Plan for a so-called emergency fund. We've talked about that before, and so do other financial commentators. Number 12, plan for retirement. If you don't plan for retirement, you will have financial problems later. Number 13, Carry insurance to protect each other. You know, you have, if you, let's say you have two incomes coming into the family. Um, if something happens suddenly to one person and you don't have insurance, you can have a real problem maintaining the lifestyle. Correct. So those are some real basic rules. And we have some others that we're going to share as well. You know, what do people think about when they get ready to get married? Well, they think about the wedding night, obviously. And they think about the honeymoon. They think about the music and the ceremony and the, the invitations. I wonder how many people think about the financial side of living together and making that kind of a commitment. So here's something to think about that's kind of interesting. Think about having a prenuptial agreement, especially if there's a one-sided uh, relationship of assets going into the marriage. And it's better to discuss that you know, maybe a little longer than just the week before the ceremony. Yeah, yeah, That's a little bit sure. too late to do that. But have that mm-hmm. discussion early on. What if one spouse in the marriage, let's say, is going to inherit some money and the other one is not? Maybe you ought to have some rules about what's going to happen with that money. And if you do a prenuptial agreement, you have to go see an attorney in order to do that. It requires two attorneys to be involved. 
Um, each side must be represented by separate counsel. You have to have full disclosure of the assets. Um, I know that attorney uh, Tenny Lance and attorney Michael Coleman have done a number of prenuptial agreements. It's not for everybody, but if you're in a situation where one person or both people are going to inherit money, mm-hmm. maybe you ought to think about that. Right. And certainly if it's a second marriage, because maybe then one spouse wants to take care of children from a first marriage. So by the way, the uh, Lance Law Inc. law firm is going to be doing some seminars. They're not going to be uh, necessarily uh, widely advertised. And they wanted to talk about this briefly a little bit today. They're going to talk about Wills Trust and Nursing Home Asset Protection. Okay. They're going to be doing that on uh, Tuesday, February 24, and Saturday, February 28. These particular seminars are going to be at their office at 352 Fonts Corner Road. If anyone is interested in attending, uh, they're free. There's no obligation. And there's an opportunity to have a free private consultation also. Uh, give them a call at 508 998 8800, and they'll be very happy to schedule you for those appointments. So, as a quick reminder, uh, this show is being brought to you every week, Money Wise, by USA Wealth Group. Give us a call, and we're going to show you how you can protect your family and protect your money. Please give us a call anytime at 508 998 8858. We're going to come back in a minute and talk about uh, wedding toast and some other important tips mm. for. How one Valentine can protect your assets. We'll be right back. Call you, sweetheart. I'm in love with you. Let me hear you whisper that you love me too. Welcome back to USA Wealth Group's Money Wise Radio Show on this Valentine's Day weekend. Look at him there at the piano, ladies and gentlemen. I had no idea you were so talented, Ray. You never knew that, did you, Phil? No. Wow. You should see what I do on Valentine's Day. <laughs> wow. Where did you learn how to play like that? Well, it was years and years of practice and then plugging in my stereo, basically. <laughs> You're not Brian Williams, are you? No, 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 no. Um, Welcome back. Poor guy. Great to have you back on this Valentine's Day weekend. Gosh, you know, we have so much to talk about uh, Valentine's, and we're not going to talk about the history anymore, which is interesting by itself, but we are going to be talking about why it's so important to do something for your sweetheart Mm. on Valentine's Day. And I'm going to mention also that if you don't have a sweetheart, there's something else very interesting you can do. Mm-hmm. And you can help somebody who really is in need. Uh, make a contribution, for example, to the Shriners Hospital for Children. Great. They've had this past week a special program on uh, love called Love to the Rescue, how you can help make the life of a young child uh, so much better by making a contribution to Shriners Hospital. Um, I belong to that organization as well. And if anybody is interested, they do free care for children with burns and free care for children who have orthopedic problems. Yes. 
people born with spina bifida or mm -hmm. other orthopedic illnesses. Yeah. And it's just a wonderful organization. It's 100% free for children, mostly in this country, but also children are flown in from around the world. Give me a call uh, at 508-998-8858, and I'll show you how you can make a contribution. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about marriage a little bit more, and we're going to talk about Valentine's Day and some other important tips. And it's not too late to get your love something, even though yesterday was Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day weekend. No, you can say, well, there was too much snow in the ground, and <laughs> it was in my car all the time, but the trunk was frozen. Uh, I mean, there's all kinds of reasons. That's not a lie, because twice this past week, last week, I was frozen out of my car. Sure. Yeah. It no, was it's incredible. It's, uh, it's been a difficult season. But, you know, one thing we can do to get over the cold and the snow and the discomfort of yeah. this winter. Go to Florida. Well, you can go to Florida, but you can also do something nice for your Valentine. And if you don't have a Valentine to give something to, then give something nice to yourself. But um, mostly it's a day of talking about love. And even Ben Franklin said, where there's marriage without love... There will be love without marriage. Hmm. Think about that. I love that. And also, marriage is sometimes about having a house and taking care of a house, and um, somebody has to take care of the house. Mm -hmm. So Zaza Gabor once said, I am a marvelous housekeeper. Every time I leave a man, I keep his house. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I love you so much. Oh, what a character. Yes, but that's not really what Valentine's Day is all about. Um, so did you know, Phil, that the average U.S. consumer is expected to spend $116.21 on Valentine's Day gifts, meals, oh, and entertainment? Cheapskates. <laughs> did you know that 32% of consumers plan to do their Valentine's Day shopping online? Online, that makes sense. And then... Did you know that men spend typically double what a woman spends on Valentine's Day? So men typically spend about $158. Yeah, that's because we're more guilty. Absolutely. We're looking for something. <laughs> <laughs> looking for romance. <laughs> women typically spend about half of that, about $75. <laughs> and women prefer a gift after a nice dinner. Well, most men prefer gifts first thing in the morning. I'm not sure what that one means. <laughs> we'll continue with some of those in just a moment. But let's come back to some things that we really need to think about doing to protect ourselves. Number one, don't ignore your finances. We've talked a little bit about that. Have some important financial rules. If you're in a relationship, if you're living together uh, as a couple, uh, doesn't matter what gender, if you're engaged, if you're thinking about getting married, make sure you talk about finances. And um, you've just got to do it. Uh, here's a warning for Valentine's Day. 45% of divorcees did not talk about money before marriage. And of course, we know that about half of all marriages end up in divorce. But a money discussion is going to come up eventually, whether you do it at the beginning, which is better, or you do it later, because money is the number one source of conflict in a relationship, in a marriage. How would you bring it up? Well, I think you have to say, you know, we're talking about getting married and we're engaged, we're going to get married. We really ought to sit down and have a discussion about 
how would we combine our finances in the future? And if you have any issues or problems, you need to tell them to me. And if I have any issues or problems, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell them to you. And you need to have some idea of how much money we each have. Do we have anything in savings or retirement accounts? That's that's the most right. important discussion you can have. Mm -hmm. It's it's even more important than talking about all the details yeah. of a wedding. Yeah. And yet we all do the opposite or people do the opposite. Yeah, that's a very good start. So I want to talk about some very specific um, things that we can do to protect our money. Um, everybody has a lot of uh, checklists. Uh, uh, MetLife Insurance has checklists. And um, we need to talk about the assets that everybody brings to the table. We need to talk about personal spending habits. You know, how much money do you carry in your wallet, even for that matter? Uh, when you go to the store, do you buy things on impulse? Who's going to do the grocery shopping? Are you going to keep joint accounts or separate accounts? And then what is your attitude towards debt? If it's maybe um, buying a house, well, most people have a mortgage when they start out buying a house. Mm -hmm. There's not too many people that uh, don't have a mortgage. And you need to talk about what size house are we going to be able to afford. By the way, there's a very important tax thing that we need to talk about. It's called the marriage penalty. Um, and so let me tell you a little bit about that. And you need to have some discussion. If you are in a relationship where one person is working and the other is not, that has different tax implications for when you get married. If you're in a relationship where both people are working and if they're below or above a certain income point, that has a different impact on whether you're going to pay more or less taxes. So a lot of people, uh, a lot of couples who are about to get married, especially those who are in a higher income category, will often find out that they owed more money together than they ever did filing separately before they were married. And so you need to take a look at your deductions. Uh, we've had uh, uh, people on the uh, show before who are very knowledgeable, like uh, Jim Lally, for example, CPA friend of ours. John, yeah. And... Um, the, the problem is that many higher-earning couples um, are going to end up paying more in taxes when they get married than they did before they got married. And you ought to know that because there's some things that you can do. Congress made some adjustments in this only um, in the last year or so, but they did it mostly for people in the 10 and 15% tax brackets mm -hmm. and not for people in higher tax brackets. But you do have some options. Uh, number one, you really ought to get an estimate done about what you act, might actually pay after you're married compared to before you were married. And then you have an opportunity to change your withholding so that you don't end up at the end of the year finding out suddenly you owe a lot more money in taxes than you yeah. planned. Yeah. And some people do just the opposite, and they make mistakes. And they will actually lower their tax deductions thinking that now they're married, they're not going to have to pay as much money in taxes. So I can't give you all the rules on that because there are some complicated charts. Mm -hmm. But I do want to tell you that the marriage penalty is something you need to look at when you're thinking about getting married. And, um, but take the time to talk. Uh, don't be a silent partner in any relationship when it comes to finances. And it almost ought to be a condition. Yep, we're going to get married, but we really ought to sit down now and talk about what do we each have. Um, make sure that, that you 
think about the consequences of changing your name. Um, if you're going to change your name, then you need to change your social security record, as an example. And a lot of people don't realize that. But you do have opportunities, and um, you just need to take the time to sit down and talk about it. Um, 51% of the population in this country are going to buy cards, at least, on Valentine's Day. So even though this is the day after Valentine's Day, there'll still be a few cards left on the shelf if you get out right after the show and go buy your Valentine's Day card that you forgot. Um, Nine million pet owners in this country are going to go out and buy a gift for their pet on Valentine's Day. Well, Celeste got uh, cards from both uh, Buddy and Maui. Very, very thoughtful of them. Both. Are, the, are those dogs? One is Buddy's a dog and Maui is a black cat. Oh, wow. That was, that was very thoughtful. Very thoughtful of both of them, and she loved them. Well, you do have to remember that um, a lot of the holidays really get out of control, don't they? How many people buy Christmas presents for their pets and um, anniversary cards for their pets? Oh, yeah. Whatever it takes. That's a business that really has skyrocketed in price. Yes. Well, it's part of the industry. We, we tend to commercialize all of our holidays, don't we? So here's some other financial facts about Valentine's Day. Um, it's a big business. Americans will spend this year more than $17 billion on Valentine's Day, just in America. Candy, flowers, dinners, mm -hmm. lingerie. Now, we didn't talk about lingerie. Did we? <laughs> no, we won't go there today. Have you ever received lingerie? Uh, not, not recently. No. Oh. So I guess it must be just something that men would do for women then. Probably. <laughs> well, in any event, um, it's not just about lingerie. It's about doing something important to make sure that the person you care about is going to be protected. Oh, wait a minute. Does a Speedo count? Um, because she burnt that about 25 years ago my, uh, in effigy. My daughter used to always make comments about, don't ever show up at the beach with a Speedo. <laughs> but I always thought that was a European and a Greek tradition <laughs> <Yeah>. anyway, Phil. <laughs> Short-lived in my family. Well, a good thing. <laughs> Whoever invented that probably should be shot. Although, actually, occasionally on a beach, you'll see people in a Speedo and everybody groans. <laughs> <laughs> that's as close to lingerie as I've gotten. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. And I'm, I'm glad that it's an old, old tradition. A memory. Let's talk about retirement. How many couples for Valentine's Day might say, you know what? I've heard some information recently about finances why don't we have our own 10 rules together, and why don't we talk about doing something for each other for retirement purposes? Because people don't have that discussion. So let's talk about a Valentine's Day dinner. If you haven't had one yet, it's still not too late on this weekend. But go out to Valentine's Day dinner, if that's what you're going to do, and take a few minutes to talk about retirement and say, we really ought to get together and sit down and make sure we have a proper plan together. And um, you know what Celeste would say? What? She'd look at me. <laughs> <laughs> She'd say, "Have you gone back to drinking again?" <laughs> no, 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 no. no. 
<laughs> it's chocolates on Valentine's Day. Chocolates and flowers. <laughs> but, um, you know, there are, are many, many checklists. If somebody would like a checklist of financial things you should think about before entering into a marriage, or even if you've been married for many years and you'd like to have some financial rules that will help make the discussion easier, we can provide that for you. Yes, you can. And we can provide you a budget. I was thinking of uh, before, you know, newlyweds, before they get married, coming to see you, Ray, you are the perfect guidance counselor to bring up things that we probably wouldn't think of. Well, most importantly, we want people to have a dialogue. We want people to be talking with each other. If you're in a couple relationship of any kind, mm-hmm. you got to have a plan. you got to have some rules. And if you can follow a simple budget and follow a few simple rules, mm-hmm. that's going to take a whole area of stress out of your relationship. So let's talk about a man and a woman in a marriage, for example. Gentlemen... If you have done a plan and your wife feels secure and she knows that if you leave the planet before she does, that she's going to be taken care of, think about how much happier you're going to be. And you won't have to talk about money in bed. You can talk about other things instead. (laughs) But, I mean, it takes all the stress out of your relationship if you don't have a money crisis every week. So have some rules for spending. I also think that on the one hand – Women are probably more concerned about security than a man is in a marriage, and probably they should be because women tend to outlive men. So that security is extremely important for women, and there's some really basic, simple financial things you can do to achieve that security. It can be life insurance. It can be making sure you have beneficiaries on your IRAs. But I'm going to suggest that on the opposite side that Men in a marriage have a special responsibility as well to make sure that if they're gone before the woman is, that she's going to be provided for and cared for. So it really ought to be a concern for both sides of the equation. And And the same thing is true in a same-sex couple relationship. You may have one spouse who has better retirement and pension plans. I've got couples in that category right now. Um, I just got an email from a client uh, two days ago that talked about we're doing some uh, annuity business for her, and she's going on a trip to uh, do some charitable work for a week. Mm-hmm. But her pension and her retirement accounts and her assets in general are much greater than her partner. But they've both done estate plans, and they've both done financial plans, which provide for each other and take care of each other. So it's not just same-sex couples. It's, it's married couples. It's any two people in a relationship. You need to have the money conversation. You need to have a few simple money rules. You need to have a budget. And you need to make sure that those rules are in writing and that you talk about it. You have to have a conversation. You have to have a dialogue. So here's the idea for this weekend. Are you ready? A USA Wealth Group gift certificate. Give that instead of going online and registering for the China or whatnot, Buy the couple a gift certificate that would set them on the right foot for the rest of their lives. That's a really important idea. You know, the things that we do for vacation planning, for wedding planning, for let's get a new place to live together planning, Mm -hmm. uh, far more importance is let's talk about our money planning. Right. And we'll even have that conversation for free. 
I do want to remind people that uh, Lance Law, Inc. is going to be doing some seminars, and this is something else that you could do for your sweetheart. Sign up to go to one of the seminars. They're going to be doing seminars on Tuesday, February 24, both at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and 6.30 in the evening, and again on Saturday, February 28th at 10 o'clock in the morning. And all of these seminars are going to be at the offices of Lance Law at 352 Fonts Corner Road. Um, what you should know about that is that the room can only accommodate about 16 to 20 people comfortably. Mm -hmm. So if you would like to go, give them a call at 508-998-8800 and make a reservation. That's, that's a really super thing you can do for your Valentine for Valentine's you Day. Bet. Um, retirement planning is such an important thing. Love is important. Even Jay Leno chimed in once on Valentine's Day and he said, today is Valentine's Day, or as men like to call it, extortion day. <laughs> extortion. Good old Jay Leno. We, we miss him, don't we? I know it. And then a gentleman named Robert Orban said, I got a Valentine's Day card from my girl. It said, take my heart. Take my arms, take my lips, which is just like her, keeping the best part for herself. <laughs> not, not sure what he meant, but some things are better left to the imagination, aren't they? Yes. So we hope that you have had a very pleasant Valentine's Day. And we're going to leave you a couple of other statistics and information. Maya Maya. Angelo, famous poet and poet laureate in this country. I interviewed her a few times. Yes, lovely, lovely lady. said, if you have only one smile in you, give it to the people you love. She was absolutely so on target. In and fact, then, uh, right after her passing, her son came on the air with us. Oh, I didn't and know he that. has a wonderful book out. Both of them, blessed. Mm -hmm. Maya Angelou and her son. Excellent. Mm. Well, one of my other famous, famous uh, and favorite authors is uh, William Shakespeare, um, who wrote beautiful sonnets and beautiful plays. And he wrote, Doubt that the stars are fire. Doubt that the sun doth move. Doubt truth to be a liar, but never doubt I love. Whoa. We, we, we should put that to music. You know that? I like, don't sing. You, you don't <laughs> sing? No, I don't sing. Well, since he, uh, we should do Romeo and Juliet. I don't have that theme, though, here. <laughs> the quintessential love theme for Valentine's Day weekend. We have uh, about a minute or so left to uh, wish all of our wonderful listeners a very wonderful, happy St. Valentine's Day weekend. And we have a little music playing here. And one last reminder, couples will spend a year or more planning a wedding but typically not even an hour in counseling. So do some premarital counseling that includes sessions on focusing on finances. Mm -hmm. We're happy to help you. Give us a call. We hope you enjoyed Valentine's Day. We hope you enjoyed this show. We hope you did something special for your Valentine. And if you didn't, you're in big trouble. <laughs> do it now. Do, do it now. <laughs> we'll see you again next week on the radio. And thank you so much for making this one of the most popular shows listened to on the new 1420. Thank you. We'll see you again next Sunday morning, 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock, for USA Wealth Group's Money Wise radio show. <laughs>